everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And yeah, I'm recording this Sunday night. It is 10.07 right now, Sunday, January 24th, 2021. And I am sad to announce that the Buffalo Bills have lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and have been eliminated from the 2021 playoffs. And uh, yeah, interesting game. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. But first, we'll talk about the first game that happened this weekend. The Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which maybe surprisingly to some, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out on top over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And it's been Aaron Rodgers losing his fourth NFC Championship game has spawned a lot of memes on Twitter regarding Aaron Rodgers and his legacy, comparing that to a former Chicago Bears quarterback who went to a Super Bowl in Rex Grossman. Aaron Rodgers has won one NFC Championship game in his entire career, and that was against Josh McCown playing for an injured Jay Cutler in the playoffs. On the road, good job, on the road in Chicago, tough place to play, but... Man, this hurt. I, I don't, I'm not sitting here bashing Aaron Rodgers' legacy at all. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback we have ever seen play in the National Football League. That being said, where does he rank on the all-time greats list? Because if I think he went to a Super Bowl, or at least, or if he won the Super Bowl, or at least went to the Super Bowl, we would be talking about him more highly than I, what, than what I think most people would. Is that does that make any sense? Because Aaron Rodgers, going into the when he retires, because inevitably he will retire as every NFL player does eventually, whether that's in year one or year twenty, I don't know. Just re, whatever retires at some point. Where will will he rank in the top five? Some people rank him in the top five now. Some people rank him as one of the greatest ever in regards like top two or three. Will he rank in the top ten? Will he rank in the top fifteen? Where will Aaron Rodgers fall? And the all-time greats. So we've talked about this on the show before. There's a difference between being talented and good. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is just good. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He is one of my top five favorite quarterbacks to watch in the National Football League because of the, how easy he makes all of these throws look. How he can consistently and accurately throw off his back foot and throw it, what, 40 yards downfield and hit a receiver in stride. There's like two or three quarterbacks in the NFL, that can do that. And we'll talk about the other two in a little bit. But we've talked about this before. Like, I would say Sam Darnold is more talented than Baker Mayfield. But who is the better quarterback? Baker Mayfield. Okay, it's the similar situation here. Aaron Rodgers is a lot more talented than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, and I don't even think this is a question anymore. I don't really know why this is still somewhat debated in sports media, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever grace the football fields. Football, grace the, the gridiron, whatever you want to call it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Tom Brady is now on course to possibly win his seventh Super Bowl. He already has the most with six. Could he extend the lead? And then there's another untouchable record that will be there in, throughout NFL history. Will anybody ever get seven Super Bowls? Probably not. If I had... To put money on it, I would probably say I would probably say no, that Tom Brady would end his career with the most Super Bowls and an untouchable record in Super Bowls, and he did it on another team. He is one of four players in NFL history, four quarterbacks, 
to go to a Super Bowl with two different teams. The others being Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, and then Charlie Morton, I think, was the last one for the Cowboys and Broncos. He's the fourth one to do it. Kurt Warner went, what, one for three in Super Bowls? Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. Charlie Morton, I think, lost both of his Super Bowls. He might have won one of them, but I think he lost both of them. He especially did with the Broncos. He might have won one. No, he didn't. I looked it up for the – he didn't. He lost to Johnny Unitas and the Colts. I looked it up when I first saw that after the game was over. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and you know they can't put anything on Wikipedia that isn't true. So Tom Brady has a chance to be one of the other quarterbacks. That is one on his new team, and right now Peyton Manning is the only quarterback to have done so, winning a Super Bowl with the Colts against the aforementioned Rex Grossman and the Chicago Bears, and then the Denver Broncos in his last ever game, getting essentially carried by Von Miller and the rest of the defense, getting benched for Brock Osweiler at random points throughout the season, could barely throw a football. Tom Brady is not at that point yet. <laughs> Tom Brady, good Lord. I mean, You can go with the weapons thing. I don't care. Tom, you still have to do it. The Buccaneers won seven games with a more talented quarterback in Jameis Winston, and... Tom Brady comes in, and he instills that winning mentality to Tampa Bay that they were lacking. It's not I don't think it's a coincidence that they switch back to the uniforms they won the Super Bowl in, and they go to a Super Bowl. We talked about that when we were ranking uniforms at the beginning of the season. Remember going back to uniforms that saw your team get the most success? We talked about that for this one. The Browns with theirs go to the playoffs, win 11 games, win a playoff game? Look at the Jets. Ever since they switched to those nasty green helmet things, They've sucked, and I don't care about the whole 7-9 and nine thing the season prior because the six out of their last eight games they won whatever was against the easiest schedule, strength of schedule, in the entire NFL that season. That last half of the season was lower than the Cleveland Browns schedule. The two lowest schedules in that season at the second half of the season were the Browns and the Jets. And people are surprised the Jets won two games this year. People actually projected the Jets to win 11 games. Do you not just, like, look at teams' records and then go, like, wait a minute. The New York Jets lost to the zero-win Miami Dolphins and the zero-win Cincinnati Bengals. But we're going to base all of our, our uh, what predictions for next season on bad teams they beat? That makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Oh, man. Tom Brady. Good Lord. I hate him. I respect him, but I hate him. He has kicked the shit out of the Buffalo Bills for my entire life. They have beaten the Bills, what was it, 30, 35-2 and two or 3 or 4 or something. Some astronomical number of wins against one team in Tom Brady. And I was hoping and praying this week that, oh, the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know uh, right before the playoffs started, I said Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, but... As we got closer to the conference semifinals, I, or the conference finals, I was like, man, this could right every single wrong ever. Bills, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Now it could just add more pain. Tom Brady beating the Bills. Bills lose their fifth Super Bowl. That's the big <laughs> drama. That would be the problem there. But if the Bills were to go to the Super Bowl, beat Tom Brady, that would be the greatest thing ever. 2021 would be mwah, beautiful. But instead, it's just one heaping pile of garbage because the Bills didn't do anything, really, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
I don't know if you saw this. You might not have, so I may, I'd be informing you now, which is why you listen to the Logan Blackman Show, which we are back. I know it's I know it's crazy. I guess I haven't addressed this yet. This is the first show we've done in, like, two weeks. Because my computer was telling me halfway through episodes, sometimes even a minute into an episode, that there's an internal audio error. So I haven't been able to record a show. I've tried, like, thousands of times to record a show. And yes, I mean thousands. In the, in the days where I record shows, so Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, so I can post a show on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I tried to record so many times, I just got frustrated and left. I did that so many times. There were times I recorded almost an entire show one day for nothing. I recorded a half-hour part, and then everything else went afterwards. So, what did that prompt Logan to do? And I know you're sitting there going, well, Logan, how are you doing this show today? Well, I went out and bought a new laptop. I have made my first big adult purchase. So, give me a round of applause, please. First adult purchase for Logan Blackman was a MacBook Air. And, yeah, it it took a massive chunk out of my bank account. Good Lord. It took a massive chunk out of my bank account. <laughs> I don't I don't even want... I, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Cause it might be a humble brag or something for Logan. It was, a th- it was ni- $1,089. I had to call the bank because I had to up my spending per day on a debit card. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I bumped it up to $1,500. i have never bought anything... I think over $250 in my life. I don't think I've ever bought something over that. And I think fondly enough, the thing that I spent the most money on was the uh, my longboard, actually. <laughs> I know, the microphone that I'm using now. Funny story about that. My mom got Apple TV for Christmas. She got Apple, she got Apple TV for my sister, got Apple TV for myself. I didn't ask for Apple TV. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll take it. We'll put it on the family room TV. And she sounded just like that, too. I was like, I'll take it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. There's a reason. I didn't ask for it. Claire did. And my mom, every other every Christmas, try, if one of us asks for something that's, like, big, she'll try to get the other person that, too. Like, one year, Claire asked for a Beats pill, so we each got one. Claire asked for Beats headphones, so we each got Beats headphones. This year, she asked for Apple TV. Notice how it's a consistent theme with Claire asking for something, then I have to get it as well, whether I ask for it or not. So Apple TV comes in. I don't know what to do with it because I've got a PlayStation. I've got a laptop. Everything I need to do for Apple TV, I can just do on my laptop or my PlayStation. I didn't get a PS5, though, so that kind of hurt hurt really bad. But good news. My mom said you can buy something of equal value. We'll just keep the Apple TV. So that's where this beautiful microphone came in to play. But yes, this laptop, ooh. I tried to trade in my old laptop, which is a MacBook Pro. I got it my freshman year of college. It was like my starting college gift for my parents. And that was an early 2015 model or whatever. And I tried to turn it in. I would have gotten $320 for the laptop. But there's a little dent in one of the ports, it still works, which is why I was upset that it didn't. They didn't take it. Physically, it, internally, it works. So, what does it matter on the outside if it's tiny, a tiny little dent? That was the only thing that kept me from getting three hundred twenty dollars from the Apple Store. Was a tiny dent about the size of my, I don't even know, about the width of my pinky. Like it was barely noticeable at all. 
And it, the port works. I used it to record shows. The port has worked for ever since it's done. Been like that. I don't even remember exactly when it happened. I have my ideas, but I don't. I I don't know exactly when it happened. So I have to fix that myself. So eventually, I will hopefully have three hundred twenty dollars in my account. So it only cost me about seven hundred dollars to get this new laptop, and it feels weird because it's a whole hell of a lot smaller. Than my last laptop. Because this is a MacBook Air. Went from MacBook Pro. But that Pro got me all the way through college. Recorded so many shows on that thing. But it got to the point to where it got so old. That it couldn't record any. Or it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't update anymore. Software update. Which means it won't update apps. Which means I can't download any apps. So there's a little problem <laughs> problem there. So I was running on like 2015 models of these apps <laughs> which is not a great thing i updated five apps today on my new laptop which felt so great i was joking to my dad's like dad look at i can actually upload i can actually update apps this is awesome then another thing is obviously the audio recording thing the space was a little bit of an issue as well if you recorded a show if i well you if i recorded a show i would have to delete it pretty much instantly afterwards otherwise i'd screw myself on being able to save another show so that was a bit of an issue as well i couldn't keep a ton of videos on there as well so if i made a video i had to delete it right after the like if i made an nfl preview video i need to delete every video i ever made on my iMovie yes i still use iMovie because it's free i'm not gonna pay for something <laughs> i'm not gonna pay a lot of money to get slightly better stuff iMovie is fine i don't need to pay for the big things i know how to work iMovie <laughs> i didn't uh, that might be a flaw. I don't know. I'm not. A, I don't claim to be a great editor. I know what I'm doing, but I wouldn't say I'm. I would probably say I'm average, <laughs> to be honest. But hey, I did that in college. I'll be fine. But this laptop has five times the storage of my old laptop. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Five times the storage of my old laptop. That is ridiculous. I don't even remember how much storage it had on the old one. But five times of anything is a lot. It's like, it's, it is. Even if you're taking it from one, five times one. Still five. Five is five more, four more than one. That's pretty impressive stuff there. And as the further you get up the scale of numbers, the five times thing gets a little bit bigger and bigger. Like two times five, ten. Three times five, fifteen. Then twenty, twenty-five, and all the way up as high as you can go. And it just gradually gets wider and wider and wider and wider and wider. Super cool. Super trill. Love it. I like the laptop a lot, and we are here finally recording a show. And that was a little nice little, like, forget-me thing, or whatever, for me to, for a little piece to help me forget what just happened. What I just witnessed, what, an hour and a half ago? Watch the Buffalo Bills take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's just run through a quick recap, because I watched that entire game, obviously. Stressful. I was more stressed after the first quarter when the Bills were up 9-0 than I was the rest of the game. It was a painful experience. My dad didn't even sit with me anymore. He left. He went off somewhere else towards the end of the game. It was miserable. The atmosphere was dreadful. Oh, my God. So, obviously, Bills kick a field goal, go up 3-0 on the first drive. First drive looked pretty good. And then the Chiefs fumble on a punt return. Bills recover at the one, score like two or three plays later, whatever. Up 9 nothing because they missed the extra point. And I was sitting there, I was like, okay, 9 nothing after the first quarter. 
made the Chiefs punt on their first drive. And then it was like the floodgates opened after that. The Chiefs just couldn't, the Bills couldn't stop shit. They couldn't stop them for anything. Like, it was just like, they were just like, okay, come on through. We don't need to do anything anyways. The, I'm pretty confident. Now, I'm not 100% sure on this. My dad and I were talking about this after the game. I don't think the Chiefs punted post their first drive of the game, where I think they went three and out. I can't remember. I've kind of zoned out after halftime. I don't even remember what the stats were in that game. I just kind of was done. I mentally checked out, and then they started to randomly come back. They recovered the onside kick, stuff like that. Man, what a disappointing way to end a miraculous season. Josh Allen put up really he put up a lot of numbers in this game. 375 total yards of offense, three two touchdowns in the game. Man, four sacks, 53 yards is not ideal. I will say that, but man. Things to take away from this game as a Bills fan, okay? We'll talk about the Chiefs thing in a little bit. On the offensive side of the ball, that O-line did not protect Josh whatsoever. They did a decent job of doing that throughout the year. The O-line's flawed. Everybody, every Bills fan knows that, and most NFL fans can, uh, can see, even prior to this game, that the Bills' offensive line is not the greatest offensive line. When you're ranking Jets' offensive linemen, Above Bills offensive linemen, when the Jets won two games, the Bills won 13. That's a problem. When you see like combined division lineups or something like that, you rarely see any of the five Bills offensive linemen in there. I like them all. I like Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano, Mitch Morse, Darrell Williams, Ike Butker, Cody Ford will be back next year. But man, they were just like, they were doing a bunch of lookout blocks, it seemed. And I know when Josh takes these massive sacks, it's like, well, why didn't you just get rid of it? When they showed the back angles, this was another thing, the Chiefs' defensive backs played out of their freaking minds. I don't know what they did. They were like 24th in the league in giving up explosive plays. They were one of the worst teams in the league in doing that. And then they just stopped the, what, number two ranked pass offense in the entire NFL? Shut down digs for 90% of the game until late in the game? Like, the Chiefs' secondary balled out. The Bills' offensive line did not play very good. I'm not saying Josh played spectacular, but I know the national media tomorrow is going to be bashing on how Patrick Mahomes outplayed Josh and looking at the fact Josh went 28-48 of in the game, which is not ideal. I will admit that. But the secondary played great. There was not a lot of windows to throw anything into. They locked down a lot of pieces of that Bills' offense. Uh, Gabe Davis barely played in that game. Coming off a bad ankle that he hurt last week against Baltimore. Like, it sucked. It was a miserable, miserable game. Dawson Knox caught six passes, 42 yards, got one of the touchdowns. Isaiah McKenzie scored a touchdown late in the game as well. Cole Beasley led the team in receiving with 88 yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another big thing for the Buffalo Bills. We This has obviously been well documented. The Bills have one of the top passing games in the NFL. The Bills have zero rushing game whatsoever. Outside of Josh Allen, there is not any semblance of a rushing attack in this game. And I think one big thing that happened in this game, Devin Singletary's drop pass when he ran the little, like, curve route. I don't know what you want to call those things. The up route from the backfield. Every Chiefs defender was pretty much on the left side of the field, and he turned his head before he caught the ball and dropped it. Not ideal, especially when you have yards of green space in front of you. 
But the Bills have no rushing attack. TJ Yeldon was on the practice squad and inactive for 90% of the games this year, comes in, and honestly, though he had two less rushing yards than Singletary, played better than Singletary. He was fourth in t- He had 41 receiving yards in the game. It was more than John Brown, the Bills' number two guy. Like, they have no running game. I like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I think they're really cool people. I like how humble they are and how willing they are to split the backfield carries. I like how they're hard workers, but goodness gracious, I love the I loved watching the Bills pass attack this year. But good lord, they have no running game whatsoever. The Chiefs running game isn't great, but at least it pops up every once in a while. Yes, the Bills led the game, had more rushing yards than the Chiefs in this game. Josh Allen had 88, and most of those yards came from busted plays because the Chiefs secondary locked down every single defender. It was crazy. Even after the first drive, it was 9 nothing. I didn't even feel confident about it. I was not very confident. I was confident going, like, from last week until five minutes before the game, I was confident. And then once the game started, I was so nervous. I was shaking. My left leg was fidgeting the entire game. Or not the entire game. The entire first quarter. I was so nervous going into that game. Like, and it just hits. It's not like it was, oh, I don't know if we can beat this team. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just, we're just happy to be here. No, I was confident going into this game. From the game against Baltimore all the way Till this week, till again, five minutes before the game started, I was confident. The Chiefs, towards the latter parts of the season, had spurts of like, oh, unforgettable, unamaze, uh, unforgettable and amazing plays, but then just tally off towards the end. They did it against the Buccaneers the first time they played. They had one of the, like an all-time first quarter and then scored, what, another touchdown the rest of the game or something like that? They barely beat the Atlanta Falcons with... Every starter there, Patty Mahomes played that game. They were a young way coup field goal away from going to freaking overtime, I think, if I remember right. And then they almost blew it against the Browns. Now you can go like, oh, Patty Mahomes was out. Sure, yeah, we'll use that. Almost lost to the Chargers early in the season. Lost to the freaking Raiders. Like, there was signs where it's like, okay, this team's beatable. We're confident going into the suit. We're, go- we're confident going into the playoffs, and I'm confident playing against Kansas City Chiefs. And then, it just all, like, they almost lost the freaking Carolina Panthers. Almost lost the Raiders again. Almost lost the Broncos, but I think that was a snow, no, the snow game was at Denver. Threw three interceptions against the freaking Dolphins. The Bills beat, threw up 50 on their ass the last time the Bills and Dolphins played. So forgive me if I was confident going into this game, and I think every Bills fan was decently confident going into this game. Chiefs coming into the playoffs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is what, 25-1 and one in his last 26 starts or something like that? The one loss coming to the Raiders? But there were signs. It was like, oh, this team's beatable. They're beatable. And then the Bills' defense. I don't know if they just exerted all of their energy on the Baltimore Ravens because they were just non-existent this game. One thing that was key, one thing that was missing from the last time these two teams played was the lack of Matt Milano, who's one of the best pass-defending linebackers 
not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. Last year, he was balling out. The previous two years, he was balling out. And then he was hurt for the Chiefs game, and A.J. Klein, totally different linebacker who has sucked mightily at times during the season, played well at certain points of the season, totally different linebacker than Matt Milano. Those levels of skill are not even close between those two. But Tremaine Edmonds looked lost at times in this game. And I'm sorry, I'll apologize for this, I guess. Tony Romo, calm down on the Patrick Mahomes love for like 15 seconds, please. Talking about how amazing he was in this game. Dude didn't need to do anything, really. If you look at the receiving stats in this game, they had twenty. he had 29 completions in this game. 22 of them went to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on crossing routes and hitch routes. That is 90, that is, what is that, 22 divided by nine, 29? I got to do this real quick because, so 22 divided by 29, that is 76%, 78, 75.8, whatever, percent of their passes went to those two. They ran that stupid shovel play two or three times a game as well. Like, the leading receiver outside of those two was Byron Pringle, who had three catches for 22 yards. His job wasn't incredibly hard. And this might sound biased. I don't care. You cannot sit here and tell me there is anything that Patrick Mahomes does that is insanely better than Josh Allen. If Josh Allen... Let's just do, let's do this. Let's play hypotheticals. I hate hypotheticals. Because it's the same thing that goes, oh, what if Trubisky didn't play for the Bears? Would he be better? What if someone else went to the Bears instead? If Patrick Mahomes, if the Bills didn't... So, the Bills, some of you might not know this, the Bills traded back with the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2017 draft who took Patrick Mahomes with the 10th pick. Bills took Trey White and proceeded to take Tremaine Edmonds with the Chiefs pick as well in the next year's draft. If Patrick Mahomes is playing with freaking Kelvin Benjamin as his number one guy, Zay Jones as his number two, and Stonehands tight end Charles Clay, no offensive line, other than Deion Dawkins, I don't even know if any of them are rostered right now. Because you had Ryan Groy, Russell Bodine, John Miller, Jordan Mills. Who was the left guard? I don't remember who the left guard was. It was not... <laughs> either way, wasn't a great offensive line. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, who couldn't get any yards because of how bad their offensive line was. And you can go, well, look at Ty- Tyra Taylor's last season in Buffalo. The Bills went to the playoffs. The Bills weren't... If Alex Smith started every game, minus the last game of the season, Patrick Mahomes' rookie year, you think the Bills are going to move on from Tyrod Taylor at the start of the season? Like the way they did... Like what you what we would expect? No, Patrick Mahomes would, do, would start for the Bills the same time Josh Allen did. His second year. Where the Bills got absolutely ass-pounded by Baltimore and the Bears and the Patriots and the Colts and numerous other teams that I just can't be bothered to think of right now. He would have to learn from Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. He'd have a defensive-minded head coach. He'd have a new offensive coordinator. He'd have zero running game again. Still have the same awesome weapons from his rookie year. It's funny that Kelvin Benjamin went to the Chiefs and was like their fifth-string wide receiver upon going there. Like, the amount of talent that Patrick Mahomes has at his disposal, and I'm not discrediting Mahomes at all. I'm not 
saying he's not a great quarterback. We've talked about this numerous times. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. We've talked about that during the summer when he got his half-billion-dollar contract. He's uber-talented. There's things that he can do that not a lot of quarterbacks can do in the NFL. One of those quarterbacks that can do everything he can do is Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes has had the same coordinators, the same head coach, the exact same weapons every year he has been in the NFL. They don't have a very complex game plan. If you watch their games, there is not a lot of strategic stuff that they do, like, oh, we're going to do this. It's either a go route for Tyreek Hill, a crossing route for either him or McCole Hardman, it's a hitch route for Travis Kelsey. That's I've just created the entire Chiefs offense right there. Oh, and a post route. I forgot a post route for Hardman or Tyreek Hill. But the problem is, because they're so freaking fast, no one can stop it. It doesn't need to be overly complexed. No one can stop it, which is why Baltimore had a t- hard time transitioning their offense this into this year from last year. No one could stop it last year. It's not the most complex playbook ever. Greg Roman's got a mount, a big window-sized play sheet, but it's not comp- – you've watched the Raiders from Lamar's rookie year till now. They haven't changed their formations. They haven't changed their schemes on when they decide to run the ball. When they're running the ball, they line up like they're running the ball. They rarely go, okay, we're going to go three wide or four wide, one back, Lamar. We're going to run the ball. No, they have Pat, Pat Ricard – like, off the ball in, like, that H-back position. Coming in motion, and then we'll do a read option play with Gus Edwards or something. Which we'll talk about Lamar in a little bit, because I wanted to talk about that last week, but obviously we couldn't. Didn't do a show because we didn't have audio. But this was not, like, an insane Patch Mahomes performance here. He had. A, I'm not saying he didn't have a good game. Everybody knows he had a good game. Dude took one sack the entire game. He's mobile. That helps him out a little bit. But people can't cover Tyreek Hill. They can't cover Travis Kelsey. You have two people on this team that nobody else in the NFL has. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are very comparable, but who has a Tyreek Hill on their team? People are starting to draft that. The Ravens thought they got that. With Hollywood Brown, he's not even really that good. And he's extremely fragile. One thing Tyreek Hill has not been recently is fragile. He's been very tough. He got hurt in the Bills game tonight. But don't sit here and tell me this was a masterclass performance by Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill averaged 19 yards a catch, and most of that was after the catch. Travis Kelsey (laughs) averaged a first down per catch because they were running hitch routes the entire game. I want to see Travis Kelsey's yards after the catch in this game because I guarantee it's not that much. It can't be. He had probably a yard after the catch or something like that. Two yards, maybe. But I don't know what it was. Bills couldn't get any pressure on Mahomes. Chiefs O-line's far superior. Like, if you look at weapon-wise on the Chiefs, you look at their weapons outside. Would you take Travis Kelsey or Dawson Knox? I would probably take take Travis Kelsey. You're twisting my arm. I'd have to say Travis Kelsey. Would you rather take Clyde or or Devin Singletary? Uh, twist my arm again, but I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Lair. You're going to take the Chiefs off its line or the Bills off its line? Uh, again, twisting my arm, but you know what? I'll take the Chiefs off its line. I'll take the Chiefs off its line. The only one you can compare and actually have to think about it 
is Stephon Diggs versus Tyreek Hill. That's the only one you could have to think about for a little bit. Stephon Diggs this year, it takes Stephon Diggs. Throughout the past, both of their throughout their careers, you'd probably say you're taking Tyreek Hill because he's a game changer that no one else has. Diggs is extremely fast. Diggs can make every catch, can do every route. Diggs is a better route runner than Tyreek Hill. I don't really think that's comparable, but Tyreek Hill is the fastest player in the NFL. Makes his route running less important, I guess you could say. Trey White is an all-pro corner, and he struggled covering Tyreek Hill tonight. He literally ran crossing routes the entire game. It's and I was I was sitting there listening to Tony Romo drool about how great Mahomes was playing. This is a Mahomes masterclass. It wasn't. It was a Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid masterclass. That was it. Mahomes literally had to sit back and dump it off. It wasn't like he had to fit the ball any tight windows. The Bills' defense couldn't do anything. How did the Dolphins get three interceptions against this team? Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, like, I don't know. It was, that's crazy to me. The Bills hung, again, Bills hung 50 on their, on the Dolphins this year. Tua kept up with Patrick Mahomes for a, a little bit. Man, what a, what a terrible game. The ending was funny. The Bills had three penalties, the Chiefs won, and they offset. That was freaking awesome. And the Chiefs, they seem like that type of person that would try to start something with somebody. And when they react, go, hey, look it. Look what they did. They're doing this. They did something way worse than what I did. I provoked them. But you know what? They're getting in trouble. That's what they, you can see the Chiefs. I'm not going to say a bad word about them. The Chiefs, uh, totally awesome attitude of doing the stupid finger wagon thing. That's so, that's so annoying. I hate when anybody does that. My team or not, it is annoying. The Chiefs O-linemen were doing that the entire game. Alex Okafor talking trash to Josh. Josh chucked the ball at his head. That was awesome. Love that John Feliciano and Deion Dawkins were there to back him up. Got to do that. Got to do that. I thought one of them would get ejected. I was <laughs> I was happy no one did. They were offsetting penalties. That was pretty cool. Oh, man. But yeah, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Super Bowl. Crap. Tom Brady's going for seven, and if they don't win – then we get a watch. Uh, living here in Iowa, the Chiefs winning one Super Bowl was bad enough. I can't handle two in a row. That's going to be miserable. Like The good thing about being a Bills fan in Iowa, I don't really need to listen to Patriots fans. I have one Patriots friend. I have one friend who's a Patriots fan. Like, and he talked trash. Yeah, he'd come over for Bills games and stuff, Bills-Patriots games. He'd talk trash. But it was one person. I don't live out in the West, Eastern Co- East Coast and have to listen to Patriots fans all the time. I have to listen to Chiefs fans constantly. A few of my best friends are Chiefs fans. A few of the people I went to William Penn with are Chiefs fans. My Snapchat is full of Chiefs fans. It is miserable, and I hate it. Good thing we did not have a freaking Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl. Good Lord. State of Iowa would burn if that happened because we're just right in the middle of both of them. To get to Green Bay or Kansas City from the op- from the other place, you have to come through Iowa. We have to deal with these two loser teams. The Bears are fine. I like the Bears' uh, pessimistic attitude. I think it's funny. Because that was the same attitude that I had my entire life. Oh, man. It's similar in quarterback stuff, too. Bears had a lot of quarterback issues throughout their history. They're one of the few teams that can go like, we don't have a greatest ever quarterback. <laughs> They're one of the few teams 
that could say that. Like Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler, are those the greatest quarterbacks in Bears history? I know Jay Cutler statistically is, but would you would you say he's the greatest Bears quarterback of all time? I don't know. It's I just think it's funny. But yeah, this game sucked. Bills, few offseason needs. For a 13 and 3 team, they have some pretty decently sized needs on this roster. Offensive line, upgrade the guard positions. I love Ike Bucker. I love John Feliciano, but they were the two main reasons Josh kept getting destroyed in this game. John Feliciano more than Ike Bucker in this game. Daryl Williams did not cover himself in glory in this game either. Look at a possible tackle. They signed him to a one-year deal this offseason. As long as Ty Inseki doesn't play, I'm happy. Need to invest in a running back. They're going to have the 29th pick, if I remember correctly, because it goes off. The Bills and Packers are 13-3. It goes off seeds. Packers were one seed, Bills two. So that means the Bills have the 29th seed. 29th pick, I would imagine. Najee Harris, get a big back back there. Because, again, the Bills have no running a game. They have zero rushing attack. They might need to invest in an edge rusher because they can. They don't really get to the quarterback that often. I love Jerry Hughes. A.J. Epineza had a really up and down. It works hard. Production's not really there yet. Uh, they still can't stop the run for shit. Can't do that. Might need to invest in another corner as well. The only place I feel comfortable with the Bills is quarterback, wide receivers, and safety. Other than that, Upgrades are needed pretty much everywhere. I think linebackers probably fine too. Like the Bills have a few pieces, like cornerbacks. You obviously have Trey White, but they need upgrades really bad. You cannot. This has been said all the time. You cannot win in the playoffs without a running game. And I know the Chiefs have are one of the best passing teams in the NFL. They had a 50-yard running back in this game. The Bills' top running back in this game was 17 yards from Devin Singletary. Averaged 2.8 yards a carry. Josh Allen got 88, and the only reason they led the game in rushing yards was because plays were broken down. Chiefs secondary is playing very, very well in this game, and Josh just had to make a play. He averaged 13 yards a carry, essentially. Ah, oh, jeez. What a terrible game. What a terrible day. Hate this day. Weekend was fun though, as I said. Other than the other than the last three hours of Sunday, yeah. Got a laptop. Hung out with some friends up in Cedar Falls that I haven't seen in a very long time. And Sunday came. Fun. Very fun. And I have a friend, one of my friends that I used to live with, Andrew, big Packers fan. So I was hoping the Bills and Packers would play so I could. We could talk crap to each other, but I don't think that's happening since uh, you know neither team won the Super went to the Super Bowl this year. I don't know. I wasn't really too upset after this game because of the fact how it wasn't really close. Even after the first, the Bills scored nine points right off the bat, I wasn't really that confident. I was so nervous going into the game that I was like, "You're gonna have to try and stop them somehow. If you can, you keep up stopping them." I don't think so. And the Bills did that whole settle for field goals, then kicked two field goals at really awkward times to kick field goals. Now you can go with the thing of if you don't score a touchdown, you're losing by more. And it didn't affect them long. It affect, well, it, would, it affected them because it's 12 points. But even if they didn't, if they did score touchdowns there, they're still, or 14 points, I guess I should say, they still lost the game, but it would make the end of the game close. It's not like the Packers kicking a field goal down eight with two minutes left. That's a little different. In the first half, you can afford to kick field goals. Second half, 
a late game? Probably not. The thing with the Bills thing was is that they were so close to the end zone, but they went ultra-conservative. They were one of the biggest teams in press pushing the limit this season, going for it on fourth down. And they didn't do that today. They haven't been good at going to get in third downs this postseason either. They were the best team in the NFL in third down conversions in the regular season. Weren't that great in the postseason. Struggled at doing that today. But yeah, the, this was a fun season. I don't. I'm not like depressed or anything. I'm upset because it wasn't very close ever, and they couldn't stop anything. But yeah, fun season. That's the ultimate thing. Thirteen and three. Won the division, got a home playoff game, won two home playoff games, 101-yard pick six from Taron Johnson. Like, I don't really have a ton of complaints this season. Josh has proved he's a legit MVP candidate, probably finished second in the MVP of the race this year. Actually, third because Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and they're going to – I know it's a regular season award, but they'll probably put Patrick Mahomes second. I Josh would have to be in second place for me. I'm biased, though, whatever. But, sucks. You never want your season to end like that. You think you're going to keep playing forever. That's the ultimate goal. You want to win a Super Bowl. And when your team sucked your entire life and literally never host a playoff game or won a playoff game, even before you were born, that chance of getting that close to the Super Bowl is very, like, oh, it's it's just right there. But we missed it. Because we played the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. And allowed them to do their thing. And that was the worst part about it. Yeah. Not a very fun game. Uh, can Patrick Mahomes, Is Patrick Mahomes' mountains better than Josh Allen? No, he's not. I don't care what anybody says about that. He's just not. Josh has a way worse off the line and has no running game. Like, those are two very important things. And I know the Chiefs don't run the ball a lot. But when they do, they can be effective in it. Their running backs were hurt most of the year. The Bills' starting running backs were playing this year. They still had no running game. Bills' tight ends. He ch- he throws Travis Kelsey broke the records for receiving yards by a tight end in the season. Bills don't have a real... Dawson Knox scored his first ever touchdown in football his rookie year. Like He never scored touchdowns. He's athletic as hell. Scored two t- t- touchdowns this postseason. If I remember right, he scored the first one and then one tonight. Maybe he scored another one, I just can't remember. But, man, the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is not as big as what people would make it out to be, especially in the national media. Because we got to drool over Patrick Mahomes. Because he's amazing. He does amazing things. But the dude wearing 17 that wore white tonight, though his team lost... There's not a lot of things that Patrick Mahomes can do that that man can't do. And keeping in the 2018 draft class, we'll talk about two quarterbacks from these two draft classes. 2018-2017, start start 2018. Because I talked about this person a little bit ago. Lamar Jackson. Everybody's ta- bashing on Lamar Jackson. So Josh is going to get a big-time extension. He's, they're projected four years, $164 million. This is a big-time extension for Josh Allen. Lamar is going to be due for an extension sometime soon as well. And I know it's fun and it's the hip thing to do to bash on him because he can't throw, apparently. If you're Lamar, now if you're the Ravens, let's just say the Ravens, and you have a franchise court, you have a guy 
that could do things that no one else can do. His ability to run the ball is insane. I'm not going to worry a ton about his throwing to number four receivers on every team in the NFL right now. I'm not going to worry about his throwing right now. I want to see him actually them actually get him a wide receiver because they don't have that. Willie Sneed, and I love Willie Sneed because my boy Van from William Penn went to high school with Willie Sneed, so we like to talk about Willie Sneed at William Penn quite a bit. But Willie Sneed is not a number one guy, but that's who the Ravens have used as their number one guy because Marquise Brown is hurt every other game, it feels like. They need to get a guy. Adam Robin, Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay are both free agents this offseason. Go after one of them. And even if you get one of those guys, take a wide receiver in the first round as well. Get Lamar some freaking weapons on the outside. He is the best running quarterback we have ever seen in the NFL. I know Michael Vick existed, but good Lord, Michael Vick didn't even rush for 1,000 yards in a season. Michael Vick never led the NFL in passing touchdowns. Now, Michael Vick was never named unanimous MVP. Like, we can bash on Lamar all we want, but good Lord, it's kind of got to calm down a little bit. The Ravens also, we talked about this a tiny bit before, their play calling is so predictable that it hurt them, especially against the Bills, who have sucked against the run for the past two or three seasons. It was predictable. The Bills have one of the best pass defenses, and it didn't show tonight, but in the NFL for the past two or three seasons. Rush defense has always been a problem for the Buffalo Bills, and they gobbled that up against the Ravens. Lamar was rendered helpless against the Bills' rushing defense. <laughs> if they are as predict, like you watch their games, you can try and predict. Even if you don't really know football, you can look at their plays and go, "They're lined up to do this. They're going to do this." Oh wow, they did that. No way. It worked last year. Because no one expected it. No one ever seen an offense like that before in the NFL. That's why it worked. And why it was so effective. And why they were so amazing running the ball. They still led the league as a team in rushing yards. They were the number one rush offense in the NFL. Lamar still rushed for 1,000 yards. While also missing two games. Like they're a good team. And Lamar is a good quarterback. I don't know why people keep bashing. I hate the fact that people actually had conversations about which quarterback they would rather have in Lamar Jackson or Ryan frickin' Tannehill. The biggest tells on why you shouldn't take Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback is the most important person on the team. I know Ryan Tannehill's got Derrick Henry, but if you start off a conversation by going, which quarterback would you rather have, Ryan Tannehill or Lamar Jackson? But reminder, you can watch Lamar Jackson's Ravens versus Derrick Henry's Titans this Sunday. If If you're really discussing the franchise player for one team and the other one is the running back and not the quarterback you're going to debate is better than the other quarterback who we just mentioned? That didn't make a lot of sense. In Colin Coward's show for the playoffs, he had a graphic in the background. Every team's quarterback was on there, except for the Titans. Every quarterback that was in the playoffs was on there, except for the Titans. Even Alex Smith was on there. And Ryan Tannehill was a supposed dark horse MVP candidate by some hipsters out there. God, look at his numbers. He's so good. Ryan Tannehill can throw the ball. Ryan Tannehill is an athletic person. 
Ryan Tannehill is not anywhere near Lamar Jackson in anything. I know he had a good year. He's had a couple good years, but no, I'm not taking Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson in anything. I what, what am I going to take him in there for? Best quarterback playing for the Tennessee Titans? Sure, I'll say Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback playing for the Tennessee Titans right now. Yes, I will fold on that. I will say, I will hold my hands up and say, yes, I am sorry. I should never have doubted Ryan Tannehill. And I like him. I watched him at Texas A&M. I went to Iowa State Texas A&M game when he was playing wide receiver. By Gerard Johnson. Freaking massive dude, Gerard Johnson, or Jared Johnson, however you pronounce his freaking name. I always called him Gerard because it's J-A-R-R-O-D or something like that. I don't remember. Freaking monster, though. Tannehill had good years in Miami. But no way in hell am I taking Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Get Lamar Jackson a legit wide receiver, then we can might have this conversation next year on which one's better. Ryan Tannehill has a better running back and better wide receivers than Lamar Jackson. The only thing Lamar Jackson has better, and this is even arguable, you can argue about this, is tight end. Is Mark how is John where does John U. Smith rank in tight end rankings? Is he near Mark Andrews? Probably not. But you can find some people that argue it. Hey, you find people that say they take Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson. You can find people that would take John U. Smith over Mark Andrews. Like AJ Brown is better. And the this is another thing. The Ravens had a chance to take A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. They took Marquise Brown as the first wide receiver in the draft. So you can point at that as well. The same thing as the Eagles. They had a chance to take D.K. Metcalf, took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Stupid. Corey Davis is a pretty good wide receiver. Good number two option for the Titans. I'm not even going to talk about Derrick Henry compared to J.K. Dobbins. I'm not even going to do that. The Titans' O-line is arguably better. Now with Ronnie Stanley healthy... Then I would take the Ravens. But with him hurt, it's iffy. They're literally starting DJ Fluker. I do, if you start DJ Fluker on your O-line, I'm sorry. I'm not going to rank you very highly in regards to top O-lines in the NFL. <laughs> it is not legal to do that. To rank a team that employs and starts DJ Fluker. I'm sorry. I cannot, in good conscience, conscious, do that. But yes, get Lamar. Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay or draft a guy or do both. Get one of those two and draft Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore or Terrence Mitchell. What are, no, not Terrence Mitchell. Uh, what's the LSU court wide receiver? His last name is Mitchell, I think, but I, I can't remember. Not Jamar Chase. I'm not that stupid. I know he's not going to be there for the Ravens pick. But, man, Greg, get some creative play calls in there. Stop calling the same things. It worked last year because no one knew how to defend it. Now you're doing it so much, it's getting easy to defend it. And it's still, in the regular season, you can get away with it sometimes. It's harder to do that in the postseason. Get Lamar some help on the outside, please. Because I'm tired of listening to these conversations people actually saying they would take Ryan Tannehill. Stop it. Second unanimous MVP ever. And the next year, we were talking about if we would take Ryan Tannehill. That is one of the dumbest conversations I've ever heard in my entire life. Dude is fresh off of winning unanimous MVP. He just ran for 1,000 yards again. No, shut up. Even when they played in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson played better than Ryan Tannehill. Stupid, stupid. And then, like we said, 
We'll go to the other draft class, 2017 draft class, of Deshaun Watson. We got a lot of quarterbacks to talk about today. Deshaun Watson has narrowed down his choices of teams to the Jets and Dolphins. Not really surprising with that. And it has based it has been reported that no matter who they hire as head coach, whether it be the enemy or Leslie Frazier or someone else, Josh McCown, he's not coming back. Or he wants out. Good. I don't I I wouldn't want to be back if I was Deshaun either. I'm fully on team Deshaun right now. Deshaun Watson is too good for the Texans. Andre Johnson was too good. DeAndre Hopkins was too good for the Texans prior to Deshaun Watson coming. J.J. Watt is too good for the Texans. Deshaun Watson is your franchise quarterback. He is a top five quarterback in the NFL. You just signed him to a big money extension last offseason. And when you sign these extensions, you are expecting, like, when you sign these things, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to help you this, we're going to allow you to do this. You get certain assurances in signing big deals. It's like, I'm locking in my future, essentially, to be a part of this organization. So I'm expecting you to live up on your word and help me out here. Now, I'm not 100% confident in this, but I'm decently confident. I would say I'm about, I am a 7 out of 10 confidence level that they traded DeAndre Hopkins after Deshaun Watson signed the deal for a second-round draft pick in David Johnson. Wow, really? A second-rounder in David Johnson? I'm a UNI grad. I like, I love David Johnson. I watched him absolutely brutalize Iowa State when I was a senior in high school. Or, no, junior in high school. I love David Johnson. But I would never trade. I don't think David Johnson would trade David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins in a second-round pick. And then trade a second-round pick that you got for DeAndre Hopkins to the Rams for Brandon Cooks, who contemplated retirement last year because he was battling concussions. Yeah, that's smart business stuff. So then you have set up the Texans, essentially, with no draft pick. Not essentially, you have done this. Set up the Texans with no draft picks until the third round. And then, I don't know what your future draft picks look like either. You probably traded all those away. Bill O'Brien was not a good head coach. What made you think he could be at least competent GM? That is the Texans for you. Been a garbage franchise ever since they came into existence. They've had a good year, few years every once in a while because they played in one of the worst divisions of football once Peyton Manning left and Andrew Luck kept getting injured. Like the Titans, Jaguars, Texans, and Colts are usually around the middle of the road 90% of the time. I'm surprised they haven't had one of those division years where one of the teams went 7-9. and nine. That's the surprising part. Jacksonville won the division. Jacksonville went to the friggin' AFC Championship game in the next year. They went down to, what, 4-12? and 12? The parity in that division is ridiculous. Except for the Titans, who have, I think, the past four seasons, minus this year, finished 9-7. and seven. <laughs> Which is insane levels of consistency right there. Goodness gracious. But yeah, I, if I'm Deshaun, I'm gone. I, I'm, I'm pissed off enough to, I don't care who you hire as the head coach. You didn't want to hire Biennemi to begin with, and then you hear I'm pissed off. Now you're going to do it. Okay. This is like you, when you walk in on somebody talking crap behind your back, and then they apologize for it. It's like, what would you have done if I wasn't here? 
Would you be apologizing to me right now if I didn't come in and confront you about this? Would you be apologizing to me for talking shit behind my back? Probably not. It's the same situation here. If I didn't complain about not getting the head coach I wanted, and the Logan Blackman show said that we should hire, would you have even talked to him? Like, you're just doing this because I'm pissed off. That's, no, well, I'm done. I'm leaving this. I'm requesting a trade. The thing is, though, I like Robert Salas, the new head coach of the Jets. Every team has, conveniently, every team that has needed a head coach has hired one, minus the freaking Houston Texans, because nobody wants that job. You got no future in draft picks, terrible cap space, and Deshaun Watson's pissed off. Those are three things that you don't want. Your fr- not even Deshaun Watson, your franchise quarterback's pissed off. No matter what team that is, it doesn't mean to be Deshaun Watson, just franchise quarterbacks pissed off. I like Robert Sala, but if the Jets trade for Deshaun, which is the team he reportedly wants to go more than any team, that seems like a very horizontal step there. It doesn't really seem like I'm going anywhere up. Because what do the Jets have that is better than the Texans? I mean, a ton of cap room, that's the big thing. So you could sign big-name free agents like... You can get an Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay to come in there and be your number one guy for Deshaun Watson. That'd be a very smart move. You could draft a running back with, I don't know how many picks they're going to be trading. There's three first-round draft picks, probably. Unless they throw in Sam Darnold, then they'll probably trade two. And if I'm the Texans, you get those first-round draft picks, you probably take Sam Darnold and then use those picks to help build the Texans back up. Sam Darnold's still technically on a rookie deal, And I don't know what the Jets would do. It's the same thing with the Miami Dolphins. If Deshaun Watson were to get traded in Miami, Tua would have to come the other way. But reports are that Texans don't really value Tua that highly. So what would the Dolphins do with Tua if they got Deshaun? Who would want to trade for him? Like, you're a team that's willingly open to trading for another quarterback why would we give up assets to get him? That doesn't really make a lot of sense logically if you're another franchise. So that's the little pickle the Jets, the Dolphins are in. Sam Darnold, funnily enough, has more suitors outside of teams because people are like, oh, he's got the size, the athletic ability, whatever, whatever. He's got that it factor, which no one really knows what that it factor is because remember we talked about uh, that Justin Herbert versus Tua comparison and the – ESPN's thing and they had it factor for Tua. What is Tua's it factor? I don't even know what that is. I don't know what it factor is to begin with. It's a stupid phrase. Same thing as like can't miss prospects. It's a stupid phrase as well. So like what if the Jet what if the Texans don't value Sam Darnold? What do the Jets do with Sam? I think you could w- more easily move Sam Darnold than you would Tua. Because the Jets have never really never neverly never openly criticized, at least to my knowledge, Sam Darnold. As far as an organization, the players, the coaches, whatever. I've never heard them say anything bad about Sam. There's been articles in the Miami Herald talking about how much the Dolphins players don't really like Tua. In regards to, why did we draft him so high? What does he do? Why are we benching Ryan Fitzpatrick for him? Like, you don't hear that about Sam, which makes Sam's trade value a lot higher than Tua's. Like, this team is openly bashing him, essentially. Why would we give up assets for him? Sam is seems like a good guy. I mean, both of them are really good guys from what I can tell. But the Jets have said, oh, we we're going to try and support him. I think he could be very good in the NFL. 
The Dolphins have never, I've never heard Brian Flores say anything about Tua that wasn't spoon-fed to him by the upper management. I don't think Brian Flores would have ever started Tua if upper management didn't get involved. I think that was the whole situation there. People talk about how Brian Flores can't manage quarterbacks. I think he just wants to win, and he didn't want to bench Fitzpatrick in the first place. But that's what happens when a team says tank for Tua last offseason, and then you're kind of stuck trading for him and getting him, and then, dang, because I wanted Justin Herbert, speaking from Brian Flores, why we draft Tua? I wanted Herbert. Weird how that worked out. Coach wants one guy, organization wants another guy. Who'd they go with? The organizations. It's how it always works and always has. Washington Redskins, when they were called that, didn't want RG3, the coaching staff, but Dan Snyder was obsessed with them. Same thing with Dwayne Haskins. The only time I can remember where the coaching staff got the quarterback, at least in my memory, was the Arizona Cardinals when Cliff Kingsbury came in and said, we're drafting Kyler Murray. And then shipped... Kyle or Josh Rosen off to uh, Miami. I, I think uh, Josh Rosen could get another chance. I'm not really too worried about him getting another chance because when you're a dickhead post getting drafted and say there were nine mistakes taken after me or before me, then boom, you're you deserve to get what you get. And congrats to Dwayne Haskins for signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big move for him. Hopefully his career can get moved on. But similar to San, uh, Josh Rosen, it ain't gonna affect me if it don't because you said the NFL done messed up. Him and Rosen, and same thing with Tua. Why would you go out there and say, I thought this would be harder, and then proceed to not be this amazing quarterback that was supposed to be drafted number five? I'm saying he's not a bad quarterback. I like Tua. He just doesn't do anything that goes, wow. Arm strength's not really there. He's not incredibly mobile. He's decently accurate. I don't know. I saw him getting called Tua Rod Taylor which is not that big of a compliment <laughs> as someone who had Tyra Taylor as a possible franchise quarterback. I like Tyra Taylor as a person. I like him as a football player. I'm not saying anything bad about Tyra as a player, except for the fact that he won't win you any games. And he, doesn't, he ain't going to turn it over, but he ain't going to win you anything either. He's the safest quarterback you can possibly go with. He is a more athletic Alex Smith. We have called him that for months. And with Anthony Lynn... Chargers head coach, another, we're going to segue now, getting fired from the Chargers. He got the job, or at least is linked to the job, with the Detroit Lions for the offensive coordinator spot. They're trading Matthew Stafford. And I think the obvious, we've talked about him going to the 49ers a lot. But that was also when we said Carson Wentz would go to the Colts. We'll go back to Frank Reich. I think the Eagles want to keep Carson Wentz, because again, similar situation there. Doug Peterson wanted to move on, move with Jalen Hurts. Organization said, we got a lot of money invested in him. We're keeping Wentz. So they got a guy in Nick Sirianni who has worked with Frank Reich at multiple locations with the Chargers and the Colts. Frank, The best season of Carson Wentz's career was with Frank Reich. Get a guy that has worked with Frank Reich to hopefully get the best out of Carson Wentz. That's their thinking there with Philly. At least I would imagine that's what their thinking is. As I said, I thought, it'd be, I thought outsider shot would be Mike Kafka, the former... Philadelphia Eagles quarterback and quarterback coach of the Chiefs is what I thought would go there. But obviously Nick Sirianni went there because of the links with Frank Reich. I'm pretty, I'm like 90% confident that's the reason he got hired as the OC, because of the links with Frank Reich. So with Carson Wentz staying in Philly, 
I'm pretty much locking. I'm going to say I'm locking that in right now with him staying in Philly. That could be wrong. It could be proved very wrong late in the future. That opens the door for Matthew Stafford, who I'm not surprised wanted to trade. I didn't know if the Lions would trade him. I'm happy for him. I'm super stoked that he's going to get traded. Uh, it's either going to be the San Fran or the Colts. San Fran, the problem is with the 49ers, they would have to get New England to trade for Jimmy G, which is very likely. Bill Belichick never wanted to trade Jimmy G in the first place, traded him on the first offer he got, and sent him off to San Fran. Basically, he did with the double bird to Robert Kraft. Get him back. Matthew Stafford goes with Kyle Shanahan. That would fit Kyle Shanahan's offense so much more than Jimmy G. But would the Patriots trade for him because of his injury problems? That's the issue you get with the Jimmy G side of the trade. So that leaves Matthew Stafford to the Colts as the most logical location for him to go because they need a quarterback. Phillip Rivers just retired. They got Jacoby Brissett, but I think he's a free he's a free agent, so never mind. And they got Jacob Eason. They drafted in the fourth or fifth round this past draft. So trading for Matthew Stafford, you have the tr- capital to get him. You could I don't know what they're going to have to give up for him. His age is a little bit of a factor in there in regards to if he's if they're going to trade a first rounder. I think he's worth a first rounder with his skill level, but is his age going to factor into that if he's worth a first rounder because he's 30 33? I think. I think that's how old he is. That's where it gets a little interesting there. But the Lions getting Tyrod Taylor because Anthony Lynn loves himself some Tyrod Taylor, worked with him in Buffalo, L.A. He was going to put Tyrod Taylor back in. He never wanted to bench Tyrod Taylor until he got his lungs punctured. I feel bad for Tyrod about that. But if he goes to Detroit, that'd make a ton of sense. He's not going to turn the ball over. It makes sense for him to go to Chicago, too. He's not, again, he's not going to do anything stupid with the football. He's mobile. He's pretty durable. Hasn't battled a ton of injuries throughout his career. Obviously, the freak lung injury and the concussion that lost him his job in Cleveland. But he doesn't really battle a lot of injuries. And he's very, as I said, very protective of the football. So going to the NFC North, whether it be to Detroit or Chicago, Detroit making the more logical sense because of the fact Anthony Lynn is there. And then they obviously are going to draft a quarterback because nobody wants to stable their future to Tyrod Taylor. I'm sorry, it's the same thing with Alex Smith. No one wants to stable their future to Alex Smith. Everybody loves Alex Smith. Everybody respects Alex Smith. But no one wants to go franchise guy right there. I think in the best case scenario for Alex Smith that he should retire. He should have retired this past offseason. I'm glad we he didn't so we could see him play. But this is his life he's dealing with now with the leg thing. I'm surprised his wife let him go back in. Honestly. At least my mom wouldn't let my dad to go back and play football if he broke his leg like that. Broke is a nice way to call what happened to Alex Smith. I think we could call it a little more extensive than just a broken leg. But, yeah, Matthew Stafford's gone. Deshaun Watson's presumptively gone. Who else could get traded? Tua, Sam Darnold, Jimmy G could get traded. There's a lot of quarterbacks that could be on the move. Aaron Rodgers, possibly. Drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, of course, winning the MVP this year, but... Is he going to be happy enough to stay with the organization? He had that really awkward post-game interview today. Talking about it wasn't my decision to punt it or kick the field goal. Does he Is he ready to leave? There have been reports they don't like uh, Matt LaFleur. Maybe he's ready to leave. Where would he go? I don't know. Jordan Love, franchise quarterback of the Packers. And maybe, remember we were talking about this a while back, 
of how this is going to get compared to the 2004 draft class, how Tua, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert are Eli, Phillip, and Big Ben, meaning Jordan Love was J.P. Lossman. What if Tua's J.P. Lossman? <laughs> what if that's the case? What if Jordan Love's this freaking amazing quarterback that we've just never seen even dress? So, I don't know. Time will tell on that. And for the coaches, we've had a lot of new coaches. Obviously, Brandon Staley going to the L.A. Chargers. Number one defense in the NFL. Chargers have talent on the defensive side of the ball. Need to stay healthy. That's the key thing there. Melvin Ingram, Derwin James, especially Derwin James needs to stay healthy. Maybe he can get Casey Hayward back to his best. Because Casey Hayward, on his day, is a top five, top ten corner in this league. I don't even think that's a debate. If he's on his game, he is in that conversation of one of the best corners in the NFL. I think he's one of the most underrated corners in the NFL. Not this year. He didn't have a very good year this year. But he can help bring that defense up. The offense is already the offense doesn't really need to be solved. They just need to get a competent OC in there. Maybe get a guy like Ken Dorsey from the Buffalo Bills. Now, here's the thing. I think if Leslie Frazier goes down to Houston, I think Ken Dorsey comes down as the OC. Because Ken Dorsey thought he would get the OC job of the Bills because Brian Dable was going to get a head coaching job somewhere. So with Leslie Frazier being a head coach again, bring Ken Dorsey down. I think that makes a ton of sense for the for the Houston Texans in regards to if they hire Leslie Frazier. If they hire enemy, then I don't know what they'll do at OC because Leslie Frazier is obviously a defensive head coach. So the Chargers getting Brandon Staley. I like the hire. Good young coach. Defensive-minded coach because the offense doesn't need to be solved. It's the defensive side of the ball that needs to be solved. You got your quarterback, got a number one wide receiver, got a decent run game. That can solve itself. Get a competent OC to help that out. And the Chargers should be back to their normal status. They got the best uniforms, one of the best uniforms in the NFL. They need to be one of the best teams in the NFL. I think Brandon Staley can definitely help that. Then we got the the Detroit Lions with Matt Campbell. Good Lord. That press conference, biting kneecaps off and all. This just feels like a one and done type thing. (laughs) This feels like a Jim Tom Sula thing. This feels like a Rex Ryan and Buffalo thing. I mean, Rex Ryan obviously lasted more than two a year in Buffalo, but that's this is what it feels like. They're going in the mold of the Mike Vrabel thing, of the big, massive former player to instill fear and confidence in your team. I think that's what the Lions are going for. I don't know if it'll work. <laughs> Dan Campbell's had experience as a head coach with the Dolphins, worked under Sean Payton, had one of the weirdest <laughs> introductory press conferences I've ever heard, ever. This just feels like a one-and-done thing. I could be wrong, but that's just what it feels like, a one-and-done situation here. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Tyrod makes the most sense at quarterback for the Lions if Anthony Lynn is, in fact, hired, or if he already is, get Tyrod because he's a free agent. And then I don't know if Zach Wilson really fits what the Lions are going to do in regards to that we're going to bite kneecaps off. If he's the son of a rich – if he's got a rich family and comes from money and he's got a character problem – I don't really think he's the type of guy that's going to be biting off kneecaps and chunks out of people. I don't really know if that's a thing. If I'm the Lions, the Jets are trading Sam Darnold to Houston for Deshaun, then possibly you move up in the draft, take Justin Fields. Or if the Jets take Zach Wilson, which I don't think they will, but take Justin Fields seems like that kind of guy. Like uh, I don't think Justin Fields would bite off a kneecap, but... He's tough, so I'll give him that. He could fit that Detroit scheme or shtick, whatever they want to call that thing. 
The Jets hire Robert Sala. Like that hire a lot. Brought in Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur. Followed Kyle Shanahan ever, everywhere he's been. So that would be very helpful in that regard. Keeping it in-house, too. Robert Sala coming from the Niners. Mike LaFleur coming from the Niners. That's a big thing. And also getting Deshaun Watson, a young offensive coordinator, to work with Deshaun Watson. So we'll have to see. Remember, the front off, the team, the people that drafted Sam Darnold are not there anymore. Mike Mangian, however you say his name, and Todd Bowles are not there. This is the Joe Douglas, Robert Sala era, and I think they're ready to move on. My gut tells me that. My gut's been wrong before, so whatever. Jacksonville got Urban Meyer. Good hire. We'll see how he does in the pro level. A lot of people are comparing to the Jimmy Johnson situation when he came to Dallas from Miami. Urban's obviously going to have Trevor Lawrence, so we'll see how that goes. A lot of cap space. See what kind of players they can bring in. A lot of draft picks. Very desirable place. See how him and Trevor Lawrence do down in Saxonville or Duval, whatever they call that stupid place. What other head coaching hires took place this offseason? So we got the Chargers, Lions, Jets, Jaguars. Who else got hired? Am I blanking? I feel like there was two. The Falcons got Arthur Smith. Love that hire. They're not, I think they're, it sounds like they're more committed to Matt Ryan than obviously the Lions are with (laughs) Matthew Stafford. And I think Arthur Smith would work very well with Matt Ryan. Matt Arthur Smith comes from a billionaire family. That dude don't need to be a head coach in the NFL because he's already got money in his name. But dude got money. His dad's the freaking founder of FedEx. It was ridiculous. And he's the head coach of the Falcons. He got his own money. That's really cool. I like that story of Arthur Smith. I like the hire for the Falcons. See how he does down there. I think with Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, if they want to trade Julio, be interesting where he would go and what they would get for him because he's obviously still one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL right now. Still, for how old he is, he still has to be regarded as one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. So I like the Arthur Smith hire going there. So what how, What other teams am I missing? I feel like I'm missing a team here. Or maybe I'm not. Am I? Is there only six teams that hired coaches? So I said the Chargers, Lions, Jets, Falcons, Jaguars, and then the Texans. I feel like there's one more. Did I save this on Google Drive or something? I feel like I had to. I had. I'm going to look because I feel like there has to be. I There, there has to be. I refuse to believe I'm probably not going to find it in time. And this is just stalling at this point. It doesn't even sound cool anymore. NFL head coaches. I think I found it. Dan Campbell, Urban Meyer, Staley. Saw, oh, Nick Sirianni. Obviously, we already talked about him, though. This just seems like a hire to help Carson Wentz. Worked with Frank Reich. Carson Wentz, best season with Frank Reich. That's the things that make the most sense with this situation. Pretty good, pretty good offenses in Indianapolis. See how he carries that over to Philly. Now, obviously, the two big names in regards to the head coaching search that are not head coaches, Brian Dable and Eric Bieniemy, two really good offensive offensive coordinators. People obviously do the thing of Eric Bieniemy doesn't call plays. Andy Reid does. Brian Dable obviously does call his plays because head coach is defensive guy. Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive play callers of all time. So that will possibly hurt. And you look at Matt Nagy hasn't done – I mean, he's done decent in Chicago, but as regards to this amazing offense, wasn't great. Doug Peterson obviously won a Super Bowl coming from that, but 
ever since that Super Bowl and even before the Super Bowl was kind of trash in Philly. So that might be kind of one of the scares a little bit there. But I don't know. Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job. I thought Houston would be a very good place for him to go. But now it's not because Deshaun Watson's not going to be there. So I wouldn't go there if I was him. Leslie Frazier seems like the guy that they're going to hire. Defensive guy. Get Ken Dorsey in there, young offensive coordinator. See how that works out there down in Houston. But those are easily the two biggest names, not head coaches this offseason. Then you've got the likes of Josh McCown was linked with the Texans job. He interviewed with the Texans job. Uh, Gerard Mayo, which is weird that he's already interviewing for head coaching jobs. I feel like I just watched him play. And people might people are going to want to hire a guy like Gerard Mayo because played for Belichick, coached under Belichick, similar style of coach to Mike Vrabel, former linebacker, coached under him, now doing good things with the Tennessee Titans. So that will be very desirable in a few, like probably next year. Byron Leftwich will be linked to jobs. Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers will be linked to jobs. We talked about this. If Zach Taylor gets fired from Cincy, Joe Brady will be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. If Zach Taylor is fired, Joe Brady will be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I am locking that in as almost a guarantee, in my opinion, because look what they did together down at LSU. Records. Like People talk about how amazing Alabama's offense compared to last year. Joe Burrow had like 1,300 yards more passing than Mac Jones. And you can go with the schedule. He played an all-SEC schedule. I don't care. Joe Burrow was awesome to watch. Because Joe Brady was one of the reasons that offense was so good. And him and Joe Burrow back together again. Joe Burrow already looks really good in the NFL before he tore his ACL. Joe Brady and him back together it would be awesome for fans and him, both of them, alike. Is there any other big-name head coaches out there that might get or could be linked to head coaching jobs somewhere that I'm just forgetting about? I don't think so. Is there a Ryan Day is going to keep getting linked with head coaching jobs? Matt Campbell is going to get linked for head coaching jobs? We talked about this before. The only job I think Matt Campbell would leave for is Ohio State. I don't think Matt Campbell is leaving for any NFL team. I don't think he's leaving for any other college team other than Ohio State. So if Ryan Day goes off to the NFL, which I could see happening eventually, I know not right now, but Matt Campbell will be right there to take the Ohio State job. As people were linking him to the Jets, like, do you not watch what he just did at Iowa State? You think he's going to leave for the freaking Jets? They said the greatest season in program history, and he's going to jump ship to go coach the freaking Jets? It's a very downward move there for him. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I was Matt Campbell. But yeah, there's a there's a few head coaches out there that'll be linked with next year. Uh, Brian Dable will get a job next year. Bienemy, if he doesn't this year, will get one next year. Byron Leftwich could get a job next year. He could get the Tampa Bay job because Bruce Arians retired once, could retire again. Might as well just stay down in Tampa. Joe Brady will get the Bengals job eventually. Zach Taylor won't have that job forever. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Marvin Lewis had that job for 17 freaking years. I shouldn't say that Joe Bra- or Zach Taylor is on the <laughs> could get fired anytime soon because there's a chance he won't. But yeah, we talked about this as well. The the desirable places, obviously the Jets, Char- Jaguars, and Jets are the most desirable head coaching spots. Falcons and Lions were the mass spots. You can even put the Lions down in least desirable spots, but the Eagles and Texans are so far down in least desirable spots. It's ridiculous. Cat space, draft capital, player situations. 
Both of them have quarterback problems. Both of them have terrible cap situations. Texans have a terrible draft. Eagles at least have a top 10 pick. So, those are two least desirable jobs. Falcons and Lions, good offense, terrible defenses. Both of the similar jobs there. And then you got the Chargers. They got the players. Jets and Jaguars got the capital, cap space, draft picks, stuff like that. Future to build on from. So, yeah, those were desirable jobs. I think that's all I'm going to do today. I'm not going to preview the Super Bowl yet. We'll do that on Friday. Actually, the Super Bowl is not even next Sunday. we got a couple weeks for that. We'll do NFL honors because that's coming up this weekend, I believe. Pro Bowl, uh, what do you call it? The Pro Bowl, because they're not doing the game, the Pro Bowl ceremony or whatever. They're doing that this weekend, so we'll talk about that as well. Hope you enjoyed today. This was a little, I, I don't know what exactly the time is. I'm recording this off of GarageBand. I don't have the timer up, so I don't really know how, how long this show has been. It, but I look at the clock, it seems like it's been a pretty long show. So that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will talk to you later. Peace.